T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Thank you, Dave. It's the fastest hour in radio. John Alzaman joins us, a credit expert formerly of FICO and Equifax, who's here to answer any questions that you have about your credit report, credit rating, how to improve it, what's good, what's bad, how to get bad things off of your credit, how to avoid getting them on there in the first place. And just like that, the hour's over. Thank you, John. How you doing? All right. Hey, Tommy. Tommy, thank you for having me. Thanks uh, for taking the time. The always. We appreciate your uh, expertise and your advice, and, and we have a guest, Mark Rosa, that uh, often comes on and quotes what you say because he knows that you are the guru, and he's the president and CEO of a uh, lending institution, Jefferson Financial Federal Credit Union. So with that being said, John, I, I get um, a statement from, I think it's City that includes a credit rating on there now, credit score yeah. maybe. Yeah, that's um, that's kind of the de facto way most credit card issuers are operating these days, Tommy. Most large credit card issuers and midsize and smaller um, lenders have partnerships with FICO through what's referred to as the Open Access Program. Mm-hmm. And FICO is actually, and by the way, for the your listeners who don't know what FICO is, FICO is the acronym for Fair Isaac Corporation, and they're essentially the company that invented credit scoring. Um, and so what FICO is allowing these card issuers, including Citi and Amex and Chase and many others, to do is to actually repurpose the score that they are already purchasing for account management purposes. And what a lot of these card issuers are doing is they're actually putting them on their statements or they're giving their cardholders the ability to log in their accounts and actually check to see what their score was the last time the lender pulled it. So it gives it gives cardholders a free way to see their credit score without actually having to go online somewhere and buy it. Um, I don't know if I get it from Chase. I know City does it. I, I only notice when I make the payments uh, once a month. But mine is like just about perfect. What is the highest you can get? The general use FICO scores, which are used like 20 billion times a year, um, the range of those scores is 300 on the low end and 850 on the high end. There's some exceptions. There's there's some different scoring models that will go into the 900s, but most of their scores cap out at 850. And so the the closer you are at 850, the closer you are to having a perfect credit score. This was around 830, and I just wonder what I did wrong, or is and I understand this is not it doesn't matter. I'm just curious about the the methodology. What would you have to do to get a perfect credit score? Not that you get anything extra for that. I'm just wondering. Yeah. I mean, you've got to max out on, I mean, it's, it's like bowling a perfect game. You can't miss one pin, right? Mm-hmm. You, you have to max out on every single metric 
in the scoring models, and that's not easy to do because there's so many of them. So generally what, what happens with folks who have scores around 830 or so is, you know, that last 20 points is still out there on the table. And that's normally something to do with the age of the credit report or credit card debt, even though it's probably a very, very small amount. Um, it, but, but as you have probably already realized that there really is no difference between 830 mm-hmm. and 850. And, and frankly, there's really no difference between 760 and 850. The best published interest rates for everything um, if you have anything above 760, you, you're going to have the best. You're going to get the best deals that pretty much any lender has to offer. When it comes to interest rates, are they staggered as it relates to your credit score from very poor to excellent? Oh yeah, no doubt. That's you, wait, essentially your question. You just asked me what is risk-based pricing. It was essentially what you just asked me. Um, risk-based pricing is. Um, It's actually one of the few phrases in credit that actually mean what they sound like, what it sounds like. And what lenders do is they will price out their offers based on the risk posed by the applicant. And so someone who has a FICO score of, say, 830 poses essentially no risk to the lender, which means they can give you the absolute best deal they possibly can give you because, number one, they know you're getting the best deals from their competitors, so they can't they can't offer you something that's worse than what their competitors are offering because then you're not going to accept their deal. And number two, they don't have to subsidize your risk because you essentially have no risk. Uh, as you go down and lower and lower into the score ranges, the risk of that particular consumer increases. So let's talk, let's say, let's talk about hypothetically someone who has a FICO score of 620, um, which is about a hundred points below the national average. And it is not a good score, but can you get credit with a 620? Of course you can. Um, you can get a mortgage. You can get car loans. You can probably get you know, low, lower level credit cards at 620, but your APRs are going to be higher. Your credit limits are going to be lower, and that's the way they subsidize the risk of doing business with folks who have poor credit is they have to make more money off of the whole because they know some percentage of those people are going to default. When it comes to uh, somebody texted in here, it's a time of year where you see a lot of car ads with a lot of, you know, for qualified buyers. Is that only with excellent credit scores or tell me about that? So qualified buyer in the world of automobile lending is a moving target. Um, It is it is almost impossible to not qualify for a car loan unless your credit is just so horrible that the lender would be stupid to do business with you. Um, and, and if you think about it, you know, if you put 20 or 30% down on a car, uh, you've almost secured the lender for well into the term of your, of your loan. And so if you stop paying them, who cares? They're just going to come repossess your car, sell it. These days, used cars hold their value very well compared to, you know, 10 years ago, for example. And they're just going to sell it at auction, probably make back every penny that they've lent. Um, and so and so it's really not that hard to get a car loan these days, even with really bad credit. So almost everybody is, quote, unquote, a qualified buyer. Obviously, you'd rather pay, um, you know, 5 or 6% on a car loan than 15 or 16 or sometimes they'll have 2.9 or whatever if you're a well-qualified buyer for different vehicles but that would be for an excellent credit score or very good yeah 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 look the day the days of paying those really really low aprs on auto loans are um 
I mean, you used to be able to get 0% yeah. for some makes of models from some uh, of the captive lenders, like the finance company arms of the manufacturer. But, you know, the, those are more those are less common these days just because of the direction that interest rates have gone. Um, but, yeah, if you're if you think you're going to get any of those really, really low APRs on auto loans, you, you've got to have really excellent credit and in anything other than um, if for auto lending, it's really 720 and above is, is considered elite. So anything below 720, which would be below the national average. You're, you're not going to get those types of deals. All right, let's talk about if you do go to a dealership and you want to uh, apply for one of those deals, are they going to pull and talk about pulling credit reports? What can affect your credit rating, what can't? And at this time of year, people might be tempted, and I want to address this as well, open one of these department store credit cards to get an extra $100 or a gift card here or there or something, and that can affect your credit score as well, correct? Yeah, look, I mean, anything you do that touches your credit report has the potential to affect your credit score. So that means applying for something new, um, taking on additional debt that you didn't take on before, charging credit cards that have traditionally been inactive. Anything that you do that, that kind of changes the profile of your credit report has the ability to lower your score. That doesn't mean that it will. It just means it has the ability to do so. G generally, things like that, like applying for credit or opening a new credit card or, you know, having a, a balance on a credit card that you didn't previously have a balance on. Th those are, those are pretty low level um, and almost benign activities. It, the, the real thing that moves the needle as far as your score goes is going to be like the more serious events, like maxing out your credit cards, maxing out multiple credit cards, missing payments on things, um, filing bankruptcy, you know, having a car repossessed. So th those are the things that are going to really, you know, respectfully trash someone's credit score um, for a long period of time. Um, somebody texted in about it while we're talking about car sales. Does um, it matter how long you finance a vehicle? And it goes, I guess, to the amount of uh, credit uh, or the amount of debt that you have if you're going to buy a $30,000 car, if you still can get that, as opposed to a $120,000 decked out truck. Does that matter, John? Yeah, look, I mean, it, it doesn't really matter the price of the vehicle. The, the price of the vehicle is just a variable in the deal. It doesn't matter if you're trying to buy a $25,000 car or a $125,000 car. If you've got the capacity, meaning that you have the income, if you've got the capacity to make a payment, and if you've got good enough credit, then you are going to qualify. Um, if you, There are some lenders, Tommy, that will, for, especially for cars like that, that are really expensive and also for um, kind of classic or exotic cars where the price tag is in the six figures. Uh, there are some lenders that will go 15 years on, on the loan just to make the monthly for payment. For a vehicle? Oh, yeah. They'll make the monthly payment affordable, just like if you were going to finance, say, a fifth wheel or a recreational vehicle. Um, you know, you're not paying a six- or seven-year uh, loan like you would on a, like a sedan or an SUV. Uh, you're paying something that's more like a 15-year mortgage where you're borrowing a ton of money but and your monthly payment is very low. So, again, those are those are for people who've got respectable credit. And if you've got an income that justifies the loan, then they're, you know, you, they're lenders who will happily throw money at that type of deal. All right, I've got, I've got to choose my words carefully here, but I would rather face lethal injection than have a 15-year car loan. 
I'm just saying that's the way I look at it. Uh, we'll take a break here. Questions are pouring in. We'll get to them as soon as we come back. John Alzheimer, credit expert, formerly of FICO and Equifax. It's the what, John? The fastest what? Fastest hour in radio. Yeah, doggone right. John's here to help us. 504-260-1870. Joe's hanging on. If you have a complicated question, you might want to call in. If it's simple, you can text it to that same number, the Oakland Art Jeweler Talk and Text Line, 504-260-1870. Back in a flash, Tommy Tucker, WWL. John Alzheimer, our guest credit expert, formerly of FICO and Equifax. I mentioned Mark Roser, president and CEO of Jefferson Financial Federal Credit Union. Big fan of yours, John. He's listening, and he said that, Absolutely. 12-year car loans on exotic cars, 144 months. The belief is that you'll sell your Ferrari within five years or sooner, and the loan acts more like a rent or a lease. Somebody texted and wants to know about freezing their credit if they want to... Wait, let me put the, get this as important question. They sent it in early. Um, do I have to... Does getting an additional credit card, even if you don't use it, raise your credit score? Uh, the net net of doing that, the answer is possibly. And here, so let me give you the scenario where the answer is definitely yes. So, Tommy, we've talked about this for years when you've had me on, that one of the metrics in credit scoring systems is the relationship between your credit card balances and the limits on your credit cards. And the lower that, it's called revolving utilization or the credit utilization ratio. Um, in English, it's basically, you know, how much of your credit limit you're using in the form of a balance. And the lower that ratio, meaning the lower the balance, the balances compared to your credit limits, the, the better it is for your credit scores. You know, and this is just simple math, right? It's one number divided by another number equals the ratio. And one of the ways you can lower that ratio is to open a new credit card and then not use it or use it very, very sparingly. So if you if you open a credit card with a five or ten or fifteen or twenty thousand dollar limit, and you don't use it for very much, then you're going to lower that ratio because of the massive amount of unused credit limit. That's actually a pretty common strategy for people to help their credit scores, especially if their scores aren't high because of excessive credit card debt, is to open a new credit card and then leave it unused. But yes, that definitely can lead to a lower, uh, excuse me, a higher score. Uh, now, here's the here's the danger of doing that. OK, the danger of doing it is to um, is that you you know not have self-control and you end up in more credit card debt, which is obviously very expensive. And then you've just kind of diluted the value of the benefit of the credit of that additional credit limit, because now you're using so much of that card um, and, and, the, and now you have a balance on it. So so it's it's definitely a strategy, but it doesn't have risk. Uh, Someone who says, please, uh, if I ask for my credit card limit to be increased, do I need to unfreeze my credit first? And a lot of people here, because of a massive hack with a company that the DMV was doing business with, or OMV, uh, had to freeze their credit. What about that? Yeah, maybe. Um, some. So first off, if you have frozen your credit, you, you probably should have done it with all three credit bureaus, because freezing your credit is not universal unless you, meaning you can't just go one place and freeze your credit and it's frozen across all three credit bureaus you, you have to freeze it independently at all three of the credit bureaus so let so hopefully if you've frozen your credit reports you've frozen them everywhere not just with one credit report that's like locking one of the doors to your house not all of the doors to your house uh, but if you if you go and ask for a credit limit increase most credit card issuers have um, a, a, a very a, a tolerance 
um, for the limit increase without pulling credit. So if you call a card issuer and ask them for, hey, a few hundred dollars, then they probably aren't going to pull your credit report to make that adjustment, assuming that, number one, you've been a good customer and, you know, you haven't gotten a line increase recently and it's time for another one. Now, if you go and ask them to double or triple your credit limit or if you want thousands of dollars of a credit limit increase, then you're basically asking for a new credit product, right? Because there's a difference between a $5,000 credit limit on a credit card and a $20,000 credit limit on a credit card. You're essentially asking for, for something completely different. And in that scenario, it is very probable that the card issuer is going to want to pull your credit report in order to make that decision. Now, with respect to credit freezes, the, the freeze just blocks out applications from lenders that you do not have a relationship with. Because you have an existing relationship with the card issuer, because you have a card with a lower limit and you want a higher one, you probably are not going to need to thaw or unfreeze your credit report because of the pre-existing relationship. Having said that, you know these, these credit freezes are not infallible. So if you are going to ask for a line increase, it might not be a bad idea just to kind of proactively thaw your credit reports for the day or two that they need to be available to whatever card issuer that you're talking to. And then you can set up the freezes in such a way that you can thaw them and have them automatically refreeze after a few days, and then you don't have to sit there and watch it, and you can go along with your business without a problem. All right, to the Open Heart Jeweler Talk and Text Line we go. Joe on the West Bank. Hey, you're on WWL with John Alzheimer. Uh, yes, I just had a question uh, regarding my, my credit. About a month ago, I had a credit rating of like a 719 about a month and a half ago, and then um, just out of the blue on Equifax, I, I, I checked it, and it, they lowered it 85 points, and there was nothing, there was no activity on the report, nothing dropped off. Um, and I was just wondering, you know, do credit bureaus sometimes just drop your score if there's no activity on your credit report randomly like that? I mean, it dropped 85 points, um, and I was just wondering what I can do to increase that. I mean, it was just, you know, kind of out of the blue, and um, I'm just wondering how I can get that back. Yeah, assuming we're talking apples to apples, meaning same credit bureau, same credit score model, just over two points of time, um, the answer to the question is absolutely not. Your your scores don't just randomly drop 85 points for no reason. It, the, the normal, what's called score migration, Tommy, the normal movement of a credit score is plus or minus 20 or 25 points. That's kind of the general movement of your score as things change normally on a credit report an 85 point increase or decrease is considerable and that is always explainable so um, there, there's no doubt in my mind that something hit your equifax credit report between the two points in time that caused your score to be 85 points lower again assuming that we're talking about a legitimate apples to apples comparison uh, 85 points would indicate to me without knowing anything about you or anything about your credit report um, other than that's a 719. That would tell me, because now we're talking about a score that's in the lower 600s, and that would indicate to me that something derogatory hit your credit report, perhaps a late payment, perhaps a collection. You're not going to see a score change that much because of the new inquiry or because of a little bit of new credit card debt. Uh, 85 points is significant enough to, to me it sounds like it's um, – 
it's something derogatory in nature. So how does he run that down? Joe, have you checked into this at all? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's just it. I mean, I, I didn't have, you know, I, I made a mistake of closing old credit card uh, accounts in the past, but I mean, I've always paid my uh, my debts on time. I mean, the only thing, I, I don't have any car loans. I don't have a mortgage. Um, you know, my utilities, I always pay. And um, I'm, now I, don't, I didn't have any credit history for a long, long time. And I had some old mortgages that were paid off that I was never late on. So nothing derogatory hit it. But when I called Equifax and tried to explain, I'm like, why did, I, why did my score drop 85 points? Uh, I mean, there was no activity. And the best explanation they came up with is basically because it was something like my earliest account or latest earliest account um it wasn't uh, late enough or something like that like you know is it is it recent enough you, know, you mean joe possibly like an old uh, account that i had a good credit uh, uh, a good payment history on may have dropped off because it was after 10 years so what does he do from really... here john what does he do from here yeah i i, I think i know i that the explanation you're you're giving is is so essentially, you went from a 719 to a 634. If, if 634 indicates something derogatory. Like I've been in this, I've been doing this for 32 years. 634 is not because of an old account falling off your credit report or because of a few inquiries or because of some debt. 634 indicates negative information. That's that's just that's just the way it is. So the way you can find out, you know, pull a full copy of your Equifax credit report. The score that's on there is going to have what's called score factors and the score factors are going to indicate the top four reasons why that 634 isn't higher. Um, they will likely be in order of importance and you're likely going to see, and if you, and if they, you have the ability to compare that to what your, to what those score factors were when you were at 719. So I don't know if Equifax keeps kind of a chronology where you can look and compare your scores over time. Uh, that what you're likely going to see is something to the effect of derogatory information, which should yeah, be. I mean, I have, I have a copy of my old report, and uh, I'd ordered a new report, and there was it was absolutely the same. I mean, there was nothing derogatory that that hit the hit the report. There was no, uh, you know, I was checking for fraud to see if maybe somebody opened up an account in my mm -hmm. name, but there was it was the same report. It's just like with it, like it, from October to November. It can't be the same report because it's eighty. There's a score difference of eighty-five points, and scores don't change unless something. What would he look changes. for? What would he look yeah. for? Real quick, because we got to move on. What would he look for, yeah. uh, so, John? So the yeah, the Equifax reports are unfortunately, and as as he probably has learned, are dozens and dozens of pages long. They don't. They're not terribly concise, but they, you know, they'll color code the negative information, so it's not hard to find it. Um, the the problem is, is that you have to go through. You know, mine's like 78 pages long. It's cra they're crazy long. So you, you have to go through all of those pages and find, you know, the account information and and they color code them. So anything that's like red or anything other than green is going to indicate something that's negative. But, but again, 635 is again, assuming we're talking about you're comparing the the same score to on the same credit report over two points in time. That to me screams something derogatory. Hit it. Joe, John will be back with us. Get in, get involved with that and call us back next time he's on because I'd like to know how this turns out, all right? 937, 23 till 10. More when we return. 
Uh, John Equifax, credit expert, formerly of FICO and Equifax, here to help us with every credit issue we could possibly have. Traffic now, WWL. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend it here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Nine forty-four, sixteen till ten. Quickly back with John Alzheimer. Oh, Ico, Ico instead of Fico, Fico. I see what he's doing here. Thank you, Jordan. Uh, Jim in Homa, hi. You're on WWL talking to John Alzheimer about credit scores, etc. What can we help you? Hi, with? Good morning. How are you? Good. What's up? Yes, I have, I have a question uh, regarding when outstanding credit or outstanding balances change, specifically. Uh, my credit score used to run, you know, roughly between 825 and 840. And when we paid our mortgage off, my credit score dropped to the high sevens, like 799. Nothing else changed. No additional credit charges, no additional debt, no late payments, nothing. Ironically, my wife's credit score never dropped. Hers is right now about 840. And mine's 799. It's, it's not fair. I think the credit rating system is broken. Because whenever you pay your mortgages off, your credit score shouldn't go down. What's up with that? Uh, I'm not. I'm not going to address the fairness. I mean, it, that's your opinion. You're entitled to that. Um, the F, the uh, ECOA disagrees with you. However, uh, in nothing happens to a credit score because of random feelings of someone from FICO, meaning they don't say, hey, this guy paid off his mortgage, therefore we're going to lower his score. That's not how credit scoring works. Um, there's always an empirical relationship between something that happens on a credit report and a consumer's risk, and that's always why a score changes. Um, it, it's not. It's actually fairly commonly known in the world of consumer credit that Consumers who are actively managing installment debts, including large installment debts like auto loans, student loans, and mortgages, are a better credit risk than people who are not actively managing those types of accounts, which is why um, when people pay off large loans like either they sell a car or they'll pay off student loan debt or they'll either refinance a mortgage or they'll pay off a mortgage loan, it's not uncommon to see people's scores go down, and that's because they're not actively managing a large installment debt. So that's the answer to the to the why, um, as far as. But I understand that you know there's this kind of common sense presumption that oh, if I don't have debt, then my credit score should be higher. That works for credit card debt. It doesn't work for installment debt. It's actually the opposite. And you, you can have your opinion on what you think is right or wrong, but that's the way it is, correct? Yeah. yeah no, okay. it's well. It is the way it is kind of insinuates that, that 
that there's not much thought behind it. Um, well, I didn't mean to imply that. I guess yeah. what I'm saying is you can howl at the hurricane all you want, but that's the system. Sure. Yeah. 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 And look, and and you know what it is? It's like it's like yelling at the coach who always goes for two points after a touchdown in the first half, right? Mm-hmm. You, you know, someone watching, or why the hell are you doing that? And then all of a sudden you start hearing people talk about, well, the analytics say you should do it, mm-hmm. and that's so you know, and people don't understand that. They don't agree with it. They think it's silly, but the analytics don't generally don't lie. Um, that's why they're called analytics. And so it, it's the same with credit scoring. Is it something that may make common sense, like closing your credit cards if you're not using them? You know, you think that, hey, that must make com- that makes common sense. I should do that. It's going to help my credit. Well, the exact opposite generally happens is, is that can cause your score to actually go down. And so there's a disconnect, I think, sometimes between the analytics behind credit scoring systems and what you know, what is common sense, what a consumer may think just common sense wise. I think it goes back to groups are predictable, individuals are not, and that's what you have to base it on. I just had to thaw my frozen credit in order to be a guarantor for a lease for my son. I did so using Experian. I also had a significant temporary jump in my credit card balance due to a wedding for another son, a small vacation, and car repairs. My credit score dropped from 820 to 765. Is that normal? Oh, certainly. Uh, well, the the freezing and unfreezing doesn't have any effect on your credit score, so that didn't have any. That wasn't the, the cause of the difference in the score. But certainly, increasing a credit card balance significantly that indicates you are now a higher risk borrower, and that's always why your score goes down is that you've changed what your credit report looks like to indicate you are now a higher risk borrower. And that, so, kind of back to your previous caller. This one does make common sense. Someone who has a more credit card debt um, is a higher risk than someone who has less credit card debt, which is why you see a score change the way that it changed. Um, credit card debt is almost always unsecured, which means it's a very risky type of debt, meaning that if the consumer goes into default on something, it's likely going to be their credit cards rather than their home loan or their, more, or their car loan because they don't want to lose those things. Um, so that's generally why you'll see a score go down uh, when you take on new credit card debt or max out pre-existing lines of, of credit card debt, or excuse me, credit cards. Uh, as a matter of fact, as you say that, somebody texted in a friend of mine, uh, a mutual friend that we have that was worth, you know, like $35 million, paid cash for everything, and he couldn't rent a car because mm-hmm. he didn't have any credit history. And that might be fair, might be unfair, but that's just the way it works because not everybody has $35 million in assets, right? Well, if I, first off, your income isn't on your credit report. So you have no idea how much someone is worth just by looking at a credit report. So if I were to show you a credit report, you have no clue how much the person right. is worth. You, you, just, you can only go based off of what's on the credit report. And credit reports, actually, when I started in the industry back in 1991, the credit reporting agencies had just removed income from credit reports because it's next to impossible to ver- to verify and keep current because of the way people earn money and you, it's, you know how much you're going to make this year it's easy to answer in december but it's next to impossible to answer in january because you just simply don't know so which is why credit reports are not intended to be a measure of someone's capability of paying a bill that's what your paycheck is for and that's what that's why banks ask you to give them your income information and if you're looking for a mortgage to provide documents to prove how much income you make, um, that, that's why they ask for those things. The credit report is just meant to indicate whether or not you're likely to pay them, not whether you can 
pay them. But yeah, some, someone who has avoided su- successfully avoided the credit system by paying cash for everything, um, had, why would they be at good credit risk? They, they've never managed credit. So how do we know they're a good credit risk? We know that they have the capability of writing gigantic checks. Uh, so do doctors and NBA players and football players and lawyers. But that also would presume that they're all good credit risks. And that would be, unfortunately, an incorrect presumption. John, we only have a couple of minutes left for people that do have credit issues. What is the best way, step one, to go about or a couple of steps to go about rehabilitating it? Yeah. So, number one, it, the best way to rehabilitate your credit is to understand why is it lower in the first place. There, there, are, there are many paths to lower credit scores. And so there is no kind of universal advice that's going to apply to every single person other than just saying, you know, avoid negative information and keep your credit card debt to a minimum or as minimal as possible. Um, if, if you're looking for a more customized path to a higher score, then you, you, you need to pull all three of your credit reports, which you can do for free at annualcreditreport.com. That's the one legitimate source of credit report information that's actually maintained by the credit bureaus and you can pull your credit reports for free weekly if you are you know kind of that voracious of a consumer of your credit reports those reports do not include scores you can get scores a variety of ways either through your current lenders or likely have programs or they'll give you your scores there's a bunch of websites Credits where if you'll become a registered user you can look at your scores and they'll all indicate why the scores aren't higher which is essentially a custom roadmap to your recovery efforts. So here's a good one, Tommy. If your credit reports indicate negative information, negative information, negative information, then don't, don't cash in your 401k to pay off your truck loan, right? Cause you're, you may, you may think you're doing something helpful, but their scores were telling you that you're, that they were lower for very different reasons. And so you've, You've you've just done something that wasn't terribly helpful in the long run. So, and I've had, I give you that example because I've had someone tell me that that's what they did, and so that's a good example of kind of misplaced or misdirected strategy. So, focus on the credit scores and the four reasons why those scores are higher, and that's essentially your custom prescription to a higher score. Thank you, John. I appreciate your time as always. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year to you. Same to you. Thank we'll you, talk sir. Again, you bet. Fastest hour in radio, John Alzheimer, credit expert. We'll take a break. We come back. We'll talk to Noel Norman. See what he's got coming up today on WWL. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to twenty percent versus AT and T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.